0: Before we get started, before any of this starts, I'd like to remind you that you can experience an ad-free version of this by clicking the link in the description that says plus.acast.com slash s slash Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered Let all those who hate him flee from before his face Tucker Carlson had a decent point when he asked Donald Trump you know everything seems to be escalating I mean are you worried that they're going to kill you but they have one more step. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. Let's get started with a prayer. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Santa Mijael Arcangelae, defendenos en proelio. Contra necuitiam et insidias diaboli esto praesidium. Imperatili Deus supleges de precar princeps militae calestis, santana que spiritus malignos, que ad perditionem animarum, pervegam tur in mundo divina virtute, in infernum netrude. Amen. Cor Jesus Sacratissimum Miserere Nobis, Mater Dolorosa, Ora Pronobis, Beatus Carolus Domo Austriae, Ora Pronobis, Domine Ostende Facem Tuum et Salvi Erimus, Ave Maria Purissima, Immaculata Conquetto Est, in Nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritu Sancti, Amen. Is it true? Do they have one more option left? Yes. It is as drastic as assassinating him. Believe it or not, it is actually as drastic as assassinating him. They cooked up a hoax against him. They tried to discredit him in front of the American people. The American people said, nah, we're not playing that game. And they elected him. Then they trundled on his first term as president, forcing him into some very weak-sauce solutions for some problems that he desperately wanted to fix and that the American people desperately wanted to fix. They basically forced him into executive action and finding any which way but loose to manage to accomplish the goals that he was able to accomplish. And he was not able to get them all, but there were a few that he was able to succeed on. And then when they had their chance, the moment they they saw their moment, they were like, we cannot let him run for re-election. And Soros paid DAs and all sorts of people. They were like, oh, we've got, we've got to manage to come up with something. But everything that they came up with, everything they tried to come up with, was garbage, and they knew it. They knew the people weren't going to accept it, and so it didn't really matter. And they were like, well, you cannot indict a sitting president because, well, I mean, you know, Bill Clinton and such. <clears throat> so they impeached him. And then, when that didn't work, they impeached him again. And then January 6th, and they believed in their minds that they had the silver bullet to be able to stop Donald John Trump from running for re-election. Everybody knew he was going to run again. Everybody knew he believed he won. There's not a single person in these United States that honestly thinks that Trump didn't believe. In his heart that he won that election and with 74 million Americans voting in favor of him 74 million now if you take Joe Biden's supposed victory out of it and just the the quantity of votes that Donald Trump received in his reelection bid was more than any other president and certainly more than any other any other incumbent and all of the irregularities and here's the thing there were many analyses you know the bellwether counties and such all sorts of analyses that said he absolutely should have won. They were like, well, this is the first time they've all been wrong. This is the first time they've all been wrong. And we saw the irregularities. Election night, it was a stone-cold Trump victory going in and going up to about midnight. And then they stopped counting. And then you had ballot drops three o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning. You had polling locations say, oh, we're not going to count anymore. And so they dismissed all the watchers, and then they kept counting. You have that video in Fulton County in Georgia, where they took a sheet off of a table and then took out another six crates of votes and began processing them. But more than that, that same video actually did more than than just indict that fact. They didn't just process them, they ran every ballot through twice. They changed the rules for the election. They had ballot drop boxes, mail-in voting, things that the United States had never done before. And they stole the election, in total. I want you to think about this for a moment. Because everybody's going to forget the details. Do we have absolute proof? No, because much of the evidence has since been destroyed. But there was a nine mile long driving Trump rally. Nine miles long, vehicles bumper to bumper for nine miles with Trump flags and keep America great and Trump 2020. There were boat rallies where where you had people in their boats floating along with Trump flags. You had random pockets of demonstrations in favor of Donald John Trump all over the country. All over the country. Anybody see anything like that for Joe Biden anywhere? when they showed videos of Joe Biden and the few times that he did come out of his basement did you see packed stadiums? They would pan (laughs) Trump gave a speech on an airport tarmac and the tarmac somehow managed to be packed at an airport Now, whether or not you like Donald Trump is immaterial. The fact is, if you didn't, by my best guess, you're outnumbered almost two to one going into the 2020 election. Almost two to one. Because there's a few things that they kind of forgot. So Trump got 74 million votes, and Biden supposedly got 81 million votes. What's 74 plus 81? It's 155 million votes. How many American citizens of voting age are there? It might surprise you to find out that there are almost 260 million adults in the United States of America. But I want to dial the clock back some. In 2012, it was 110 million votes in total. And it was near to that in 2008. Barack Obama, when he got elected, he got 65 million votes. It was still only about 120 million votes. Less than, actually. And in 2008, there were right around 220 million. We've never had a voting percentage anywhere near 50%. Like, usually it's been, or excuse me, never too far away from 50%. Only half of the public is actually has actually ever really been engaged. <clears throat> Only about half. And by some weird miracle, almost two-thirds of the American population was somehow engaged in this election in 2020. Now you could say it was tremendously polarizing, but was Joe Biden really that compelling? Could hatred of Donald Trump really be compelling enough to drive 80 million people out to vote? I mean, it's possible, but here's the next question that you gotta ask yourself. Through the course of your life, have you known that many people to be that hateful? Now, granted, they did make it easy to be hateful, you know, the mail-in ballots. It's kind of funny because the testimony from a lot of places around the country was that every place that had mail-in ballots, ballots showed up for everyone who had ever lived in that address. You had people getting five and six ballots at a time. The fact is, is that those numbers would have been pumped up artificially. If you're doing mail-in. It's dangerous, the way things have actually been happening. Because they made it very obvious that they were going to do anything that they could. And everybody's like, well, I mean, Republicans can early vote. Republicans can mail it in. Republicans can do this, that, and the other. Republicans showed up that night. 74 million of them. 74 million people went out to vote that day. And supposedly 80 million people mailed it in. Odd. And to be sure, it was, you know a somewhat narrow race for a while until about 2 o'clock in the morning. It was really, really weird. And anybody who's willing to be honest with themselves knows that in 2020, the way everything turned out was really, really weird. But they got him out. And everybody knew he was going to run again, and so it wasn't a surprise when he ran again. What was a little bit shocking was that they were willing to try and indict him. That the indictments came out in cadence with the information implicating Joe Biden in rampant corruption as a senator, as the vice president rampant corruption, that, that censoring of the New York Post story, the one about the laptop from hell, pollsters said that if the information related to that and some of the other stuff that was going on at the time had actually been circulated about former Vice President Joseph Biden, it would have affected the vote count by up to 17%. So Joe Biden got 80 million votes. They said and the range is between 10 and 17. So let's do the easy number. Let's drop that down to 72 million. Biden loses. Let's drop that down another 5%. Just to stay in the conservative area, you know, with conservative numbers. And we get down into 60-ish, 68, 69 million to Trump 74. And you can't have that kind of a deficit and actually still take away the win that you did. I mean, that deficit was more than enough to account for Fulton County, Georgia. It was more than enough to count for Maricopa County in Arizona. It was more than enough to count for Wisconsin, for Pennsylvania, for Michigan. They stifled the news media from doing their job. The oldest newspaper in America got banned on Twitter just long enough for Joe Biden to get elected. Because what I think they couldn't do is I don't think they could have padded the numbers enough to make up for a 17% loss. Everybody knew it was going to be kind of close. I mean, it was Clinton-Trump 2.0. Except that, except that in this case, Clinton was actually smart enough to stay out of the public. Because had Biden gone out and actually run a, even a halfway normal campaign, he would have stepped on his own Johnson enough times to make it so that people would realize exactly how vile of a human being he really is. It is only, it can only be through theft, by changing the rules, by shifting the playing field, by rebalancing the scales as it were. That's the only way that Biden was able to win, and we've been paying for it in ways that most people didn't even think was humanly possible. Did you think that in these three short years, we would be facing the things that we are facing? War in Russia and Ukraine you war between Russia and Ukraine China challenge challenging the sovereignty of Taiwan Chinese spy balloons floating across America that disaster of a pullout from Afghanistan an economy that is crashing down around all of our ears Food prices going up 50%, gas prices going up, huh, wait for it, 130%. Remember that during the election, in the election time frame, they were trying to do whatever they could to push up gas prices, but gas prices were still sitting at just over $2 a gallon from their load at an average of about $1.50. The gas pump today is at four. Exactly where it was a couple, a, a few months ago. Home prices are are skyrocketing. Rock, understand, I make a decent amount of money. Seriously, I make a decent amount of money. My day job pays my bills very well. What it doesn't do is provide me with sufficient income to buy a house. And I'm not talking about a great house, we're talking about maybe an apartment or a little cottage, you know, something that's maybe 11 or 1200 feet. In order for me to buy a home, I have to find a piece of land for, you know, 50, $60,000 in an area that's going to let me go buy a used RV and put it on the property to serve as my house while I wait to try and build it in the hopes that someday the economy actually gets better. And I don't live in a high cost of living area. I got a refinery right down the street. Gas in my area is actually lower than it is in the surrounding areas. Utility bills, utility costs, are lower where I'm at than they are in most other places. And yet, with the amount of money that I make, I can't reach for a basic house? That's weird. I don't know if you were aware of this, but when I started this podcast, I was unemployed. And in the course of the last... through the course of the podcast I went from being a technician to being a manager I'm a manager at my company now and I can't afford a house it's not even within my price range even a cheap house the cheapest houses in in my area are still more than I could afford reasonably unless I were to stretch myself all the way to the limit and dump half of my monthly salary into a mortgage or more. Let me be real. One of the places I was looking at was a nice modest place. The price tag was such that it actually would have been almost two-thirds of my salary just to the mortgage. Not to utilities, not to property taxes, just to to the mortgage. That's insane. That was never the case before. And I know where an adequate mortgage level should be for someone of my income. I've been here before. Ironically, in 2007. I know exactly where the mortgage should be for my income and I can and I can only purchase an empty lot for that amount of money and not a very large one at that and I'm sure that in much the same way it's actually similar pretty much everywhere rent renting an apartment for an apartment that would be adequate for someone just starting off that rent should be about seven six or seven hundred dollars a month for someone just starting off if you've got a nice apartment you know you're renting a condo or something like that maybe maybe then you start to get into the you know fifteen sixteen eighteen hundred dollars assuming you're not in New York City where a shoebox is three thousand dollars a month And that's not even a thing. To get a startup rent in my area, which is not a very wealthy area, it doesn't have a particularly high cost of living, I have to split a house with three or four other people. What the heck is that? I don't live in an area where the housing where the housing prices should be all that high. I live in an area where, you know, it should be fairly normal. But fairly normal for where I'm at is $350,000. For the average house, $350,000. And what's really funny is that last year last year year before Actually, while I was unemployed, I was present when my best friend bought it. Bought his house for about three hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and his house at three hundred and fifty thousand dollars, only a few years ago, was four what four bedroom, four bedroom, two bath, fully finished basement garage, two-car garage on about a third of an acre of land inside a major city's city limits. Now, the home price is where I'm at. A two-bedroom, two one-bath house with the garage on the same piece of land is $300. Half the house Half the house, the same cost. At the same time, mortgage interest rates are through the roof. This is absolutely insane. And I don't mean to get caught up on the economy of the whole thing, on on the money-making of the whole thing. But in all honesty, I would be better served if I actually just went went down to Target or someplace and bought a tent and maybe offered somebody a few bucks to sleep on the corner of their their property. It is mind-bendingly insane where we're at right now. And there's no reason why it should be like this. None whatsoever. And sure. Under Trump, the house, and the house prices might be the same. The interest rates probably wouldn't be, because we'd be making money hand over fist. The money might not even be worth anything, but we would be making money hand over fist. Under Donald Trump, wages increased for the average American more than they had increased at any point in history. Unemployment rates fell through the floor. You heard it during the during the campaign. Under Donald Trump, black unemployment was the lowest it had ever been since they'd ever been taking the metric. Hispanic unemployment had been the lowest it had been in 40 years. All of his employment numbers were down through the floor. People were making more money. The wages had increased faster than inflation. And he may have, you know, bombed a couple of people, you know, Soleimani and and al-Baghdadi and whoever, but we didn't start any new wars. And we weren't flushing money down the toilet for stuff that wasn't helping the American people like we are in Ukraine. Sidebar on that, I just want to point out, Mitt Romney came out and he goes, you know, 5% of of the annual defense budget being spent in Ukraine is a worthy investment. No, no. We are sending hundreds of billions of dollars to Ukraine. If hundreds and billions of dollars to Ukraine is only 5% of the defense budget, then we need to rethink how much money we're spending on the defense budget. We need to rethink what it is that we're spending our money on. Because one thing I know for certain is all the money that we're sending to Ukraine is ending up in the pockets of Raytheon and Lockheed Martin and Boeing. It's ending up in the pockets of large organizations who literally profit on the death of other people. And they've been doing a pretty good job of making sure that it's not America, but what happens when we what happened when we ran out of wars to fight? They started selling military tactical vehicles to the police. Because that is helpful. Gone are the days of your local Smokey who shows up and actually asks questions before, before you know, anything really crazy starts to pop off. Instead, you get 15 SUVs full of federal agents knocking on the door of pro-life activists for no other reason than they stood out in front of a freaking abortion mill, a baby slaughterhouse, and prayed. Like you've got to be kidding me. To say nothing of the intelligence agencies just buying your data from Google and and Facebook and all them, because now, you know what they used to have to get a warrant for, now, oh, we'll just work it into the budget. We'll just pay for it. So we'll buy your data with your tax money, and we'll get all the information that we would have normally had to go get a warrant for, and we'll just buy it. We're not breaking the law. We're not tapping you without a warrant. I mean, we're buying your data. We're buying all your information. We know everything about you. But well, we just bought it from Amazon Web Services, and all of this is actually because we weren't paying attention in 2013 when Edward Snowden came, or 2000, what 2011 now? Um, when Edward Snowden came out and said, "Hey, they're spying on Americans. They can pull up whatever it is that they need, and they can get you on it. They got the president of the United States." And then after they realize, oh, that was a bad idea, maybe we should do it differently, we'll just pay for it, we'll just buy the data. Gone are the days of James Bond, and now, huh? hey, Bezos, you got, you know, three or four terabytes of data we could use. I'll give you $20 billion for it. Oh, okay, here you go. Here's all the information on every citizen in the United States of America and around the world because we keep all the data because we like to advertise to them. And you can use this data to spy on them to know exactly what it is that they're doing, saying, and thinking. And by the way, this isn't a conspiracy theory. This is like a whole two weeks' worth of reporting over the last couple of weeks. This has been coming out, it's just been showing. You can find it anywhere. The fact is is that things are not better today than they were 4 years ago. 4 years ago, everything was great. 4 years ago, we were on top of the world. 4 years ago, everybody I knew was making money hand over fist. Everybody I knew, didn't matter if they were civilian or they were military or whatever. Everybody was making money hand over fist. Everybody was able to actually support their family. We were able to do so well that we weren't paying attention. We should have been in all honesty, but we weren't. And, you know, that's like to happen. And then 2020. And COVID. And to be sure, I've got beef with Trump on how he handled COVID. <clears throat> Somebody should have looked into the fact that Anthony Fauci made more money as a, as a government employee than the President of the United States. But nobody bothered looking, nobody really cared. Some of us remembered him from the AIDS epidemic, remembered what a disaster he was, but nobody cared. We didn't pay close enough attention. And then he did some stuff and didn't do some stuff. And then he acted the fool. And then he started acting like he was science. I represent science. Do you remember that? I remember that. What an awful little despicable man. and the lockdowns. Why? Why would you shut down the whole country for two weeks? Bishops, why did you shut down your churches during Lent? The whole world lost its freaking mind. Everything was completely out of order. And everybody who questioned the narratives... There's a guy I still don't talk to on Twitter. I think it's because he still has me blocked. He's like, You're not an epidemiologist. No, I'm a bio warfare specialist. It's kind of the basic, it's one of the first things they teach you in basic training. They don't teach you about how everything works and how you know the science of the whole thing, but they do teach you what it is that you need to do to protect yourself. And what we did during COVID was not in line with how you stop yourself from getting infected. And anybody who's ever been in the military and ever been to basic training, you remember that training because it was the worst part of your basic training, because it was something that you were never going to use. Not ever. I never had VX gas used on me. I never had sarin used on me. Carrying around carrying around all that, all that nuclear, biological, and chemical equipment was a waste of weight. I could have been carrying other more important stuff. Because it was because it never once came in useful in my time in combat. But every single year we had to go through the certification. Every single year. So biowarfare is not really something I'm gonna forget anytime soon. And what we did in response to COVID was not what you do to keep from getting infected in a biological environment. It's just not. Sorry, fam. That's just facts. So I don't have to be an epidemiologist. I just have to be able to point out what you're saying about this right here makes no sense. That's it. That's all I had to do. And that's exactly what I did. And don't get me wrong, the guy's probably a good guy. I miss him on my Twitter on my Twitter feed because when it came to theology, the guy was like ridiculously on point. But that was enough to drive the wedge between us. And you know what? I got to be honest with you. Good riddance. I don't even care at this point. because they're wheeling it out again, exactly as we said they would. Not just me. Lots of people. Restoring the Faith. Tradcat Knight. Eric Gajewski over at Tradcat Knight. Steve over at Census Fidelium. Rick Barrett over at the Armed Catholic. Kennedy Hall. For crying out loud. David Freiheit of Viva Fry and with Viva and, Bar- and, and Robert Barnes, uh, Re- Viva Barnes Law. We all saw it coming. Everybody saw it coming. Everybody who was in the alternative media sphere, whether it was Catholic media or if it was, you know, the alternative political media, everybody saw it and goes, watch, they're going to try and do this again. We thought they were going to wait for climate change. Now, granted, they've been beating the climate change drum constantly, Also not surprising, they've been beating the climate change drum constantly. And a few weeks ago, if they would not have been talking about it for COVID, for those who weren't paying attention, they were already talking about it for climate change. They've been talking about it for climate change. I have a whole 50, 60 page document on my computer about what it is that they want to do. And it outlines everything. Diet, transportation, energy usage, home building, all of it. It outlines the whole thing. And I know it's true because it outlines all the same stuff they talk about at Davos. It outlines everything that John Kerry's been talking about, flapping flapping his old crusty Botox gums all over the world, flying flying private jets to Scotland to talk about climate change, knowing full well that, <laughs> I'm going to lie, a jet on a single flight, his jet on a single flight uses more fuel than my car does in a year and a half. And that's assuming that I'm driving cross-country like I used to do back when I was younger. In fact, if I was driving all day every day, my car would only just beat his jet in fuel consumption. And I don't have a special car. I've got a, you know, I've got an old police car. It's pretty good on fuel. Surprisingly good on fuel for as big as it is. talking about doing it for climate change so I mean you know the fact that they're getting ready to do it right now as we get ready to head into the election and you remember how long that start how long that lasted it was two remember it was two weeks to slow the spread two weeks to flatten the curve everybody remembers that 15 days to flatten the curve right and then 15 days became 15 months in some places and then 15 months became two years in some places and everywhere they did it they came out and they were like oh man this isn't this isn't working at all We've retarded our children's education and, and their and their capacity to communicate. We've reduced their IQs by 27% for everyone who was in their formative years, age 0 to 5. We've reduced their capacity to communicate by 27%. We seriously, knocked out some IQ. Now, the average IQ of a person in America is about 101. If you're a man, it might be 105. You take 20%, 27% off of a 100 IQ, and you were down in the 70s. You cannot function adequately to comprehend even basic instructions if your IQ is 85. If your IQ is 85, you cannot function sufficient even to join the army. And we have two years worth of kids who had their brains flushed down the toilet. Forget about all the other stuff, autism and all that other stuff that happens, you know, through the various other, the the myriad of other environmental things. That happen to mess kids up. Forget about all that. There's two years worth of kids who are who are gonna be too stupid to drive a car, too stupid to fill out an employment application, too stupid to read a book. Well, they might actually be okay with reading a book, but they won't be able to express how they feel about that book. Twenty-seven percent reduction in IQ. You want to find that out there? It's out there. You ain't got to believe me on it. I don't even care if you do at this point. Those are the things that we did over the last two years, three years, from 2020 to today. We've got perverts walking the streets doing whatever they want claiming it's a crime if you speak out against their degeneracy. You got teachers having sex with their kids coming out on a regular basis now. It is a main talking point of our society and our culture today that it is okay for a boy to cut off his testicles. It is okay for a girl to cut off her breasts. That's a mainstream talking point today. What? <clears throat> Some of these things were obvious for thousands of years. Some of these things, we look and go, no, of course not. That's stupid. What are you talking about? Nobody believes that. And for the most part, nobody does, except for the fact that too many people are conforming. And our conforming has gotten us here, now. And there's a guy out there who dared to ask some silly questions. He's not even, like seriously, he's not even that different from any other American. Like legitimately. The guy is normal. He is a normie. He was the normie president. He was the one who was like, no, these, uh, these answers are obvious and you're going to have to come up with some really good answers for these questions that I got for me not to completely upend this whole thing. And he was just a guy. Not a particularly virtuous guy. Not a particularly devout guy. Not a Catholic. Just a guy. And just a guy was enough to send these people over the moon. They indicted him, they arrested him, and some dumbass let him put out his mugshot. That was stupid. What was even more stupid was that they, like, they didn't anticipate the response. Maybe they did. And maybe that's a little more terrifying. Maybe they did. Because the response was, he generated 7.1 million dollars in 48 hours. 7.1 million dollars on a mugshot. I spent a portion of today reviewing video video after video after video after video of young kids, young white kids, Young black kids, old white dudes, young or old black dudes. Everybody's saying, this is crazy, this is BS, this is garbage. What they're trying to do to him is trash. Guys who could not even fully formulate what it is that they believe know for a fact that because of what, just happened to Donald Trump because it's happened to members of their family. it's happened to their friends. It happened to Martin Luther King. It's happened time and again, particularly to the black community to so the black community who may not have been all about him the first time. They can see this they're not even but they're not paying that close attention, but they can see this and they know this is BS. And they know that this B.S. is the same B.S. that happened to them. And because this B.S. happened to them, and it's now happened to him, they don't need any more proof than that. And they've got it. Because all of them are looking, going, what did he do? And then they think back, and they go back to when he was president, and they remember they were making more money. And they were happier, and their kids were in school, and things were going better. And things were going better. Nothing was as expensive. They weren't as hard up on their luck. You didn't have videos coming out left and right of people storming stores, retail outlets, and just taking everything. You didn't have people just driving up and shooting people at random. Literally at random, like, there was, like, when I was growing up, if somebody got shot on the streets, usually there was a reason. There was very little, like, occasionally there was some collateral damage, but usually there was a reason why somebody was getting shot. When I was growing up in Southern California, you hear about kids getting shot all the time, and it was usually rival gangs. That's comprehensible. But you see people just walking down the street and just see somebody sitting on the curb and just walk up behind them and and unlo- and just put a bullet right in the back of their head. For what? Do you understand that 10 years ago, when they were doing the knockout game, it made more sense when 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 kids would get together, when kids, usually gang members, but when kids would get together in, in cities and they would grab a 2x4 and they'd sneak up behind somebody and knock them and hit them upside the head with a 2x4? The game made sense. It wasn't a good game. It was evil, but I can comprehend a bunch of kids doing that because they think it's funny. But some dude just walking down the street sees a guy sitting on the corner, pulls out a gun, bah, right in the back of the head. And just kind of looks at him a second and just walks off. No motive no reason or some guy walking down the street sees an old sees an old guy reaching trying to get on the bus or something and just walks up behind him and just pa, right in the chest and then just walks up doesn't rob him I could understand if it was a robbery I can wrap my head around that if it was armed robbery and that's the way it goes like I can wrap my head around a lot of the stuff that's happened To basically innocent people, you know, kid gets shot in a drive-by shooting while they were driving by because and they were shooting gang activity. That makes sense. I can even understand to it like to a degree. I can kind of understand the racial violence. You know, when uh, Chinese people were getting mugged, when you know uh, in New York. Members, members of the Hasidic Jewish community were, were getting beaten and shot by, you know, beaten and attacked by by members of other races in New York like that. You can kind of like, it's, it's not cool, but you can understand it. You go, okay, that's where this is going. Okay, well, that sucks. I can't wrap my ha- head around somebody just walking up behind somebody and killing them for no reason. Didn't even look at them. Like, you can't even, like, There's no way to draw a conclusion about this except for the person who's doing the killing has descended to that level of depravity. And that was never a thing when I was growing up. It was never a thing. Like, those guys from Antifa who were going around Portland and they were hunting people from the Patriot Prayer Group, like, I... I can comprehend that. It's political violence, it's it's the seeds of civil war. There is some comprehension that sits with that. A dude sitting on a street corner looking miserable at that. Dude comes walking down to down the sidewalk who also looks miserable, just stops, looks, hey, pa! Done. What? What is that? I don't even know how many illegal immigrants have come in have come into the country. I do know that apparently over the course of the last couple of months, the Biden the Biden Customs Border Patrol somebody went out and cut doors into Donald Trump's big beautiful wall and just opened the doors. What? You can look around today and see that four years ago we were much better off. You look at the videos of of cities like San Francisco or Los Angeles, New York, Baltimore, Chicago, Seattle, Portland. You look at the videos of some of these places, and you got the president of El Salvador going, Dude, I wouldn't live there. I mean, this is a dude from a third world country knows full well his country is third world. He knows full well what condition his country is in. And he knows that people would not emigrate if they knew that was what was waiting for them on the other side. Nobody, nobody would be crossing these borders if they knew what was actually waiting for them in some of these cities. So what do they do? They send them elsewhere. They send them in places that aren't cities. So those could be destroyed as well. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to look around and know that things are worse. And when you do that, then you realize that the guy under whom things were better just got arrested, just got booked, just got fingerprinted, and got a mugshot taken of him. Doesn't take a genius to know what's next. What they should do. You got dudes talking about Trump for King 2024. Not the best idea ever, but, huh? And the worst of all of this is, is Tucker Carlson asked Donald Trump last week in a long-form interview, a you know an hour-long interview that has more than ten times the views of the Republican National Debate of the Republican debates for the primaries. Yes, them everything's been escalating They, you know <clears throat> they colluded against you they conspired against you they in, impeached you twice they've been indicting you it's escalating what's next well they do have one more trick the thing is and this is the thing I really got a question because we know they have no morals Do they have any comprehension of what it would do if they decided to do what the next escalatory step is? Because the next escalatory step is not to kill him. He's been indicted. He's been fingerprinted. They're going to try and throw him in prison. Okay, cool. If they can succeed at throwing him in prison, cool. Hopefully the Supreme Court steps in because this is a bull. But, if they don't, abs, Doesn't matter. Even if he goes to prison, he can still get elected. Now, that's if he's on the ballot. And there are states that are now operating to try and remove Donald Trump from the ballot. And that is going to be a problem. That's going to be a huge huge problem because if they start removing him from the ballots how many people in america are going to believe that this was even a real election because <clears throat> you know the tree hugging hippies and the libs and 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 the Uniparty party and they could be all like well you know it's about the legal blah 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 you guys don't care about legal ballots so why would you care about a legal of quote unquote legal candidate If they start pulling him from the ballots in all of these states, it's going to be awful. And it's going to be awful in the worst possible way. And here's why. Because we can comprehend if they kill him. If they kill him, there is kind of an unlock code for those people who are more utilitarian about the way they look at the world. If they kill him... A utilitarian can look and say, well, we can kill them. If they kill him, all bets are off. We can guillotine the whole lot of them. We can drag all of their butts out of their freaking offices, out of their homes, and guillotine them if they kill him. We can go through the FBI, the CIA. We can just run through agency by agency and drag all of them out of their houses and their homes and we can actually kill all of them because they all contributed to the problem. And at that, but like legit, at that point, if it were me, and particularly, if I was still of the opinions that I was 10, 15 years ago, we could kill them all and just let God sort sort them out. And those who were innocent will be innocent And those who were not, well, they can go to hell. Thing is, is I'm not, (laughs) I'm not the type of person I used to be. I don't look at this from a utilitarian manner. And because I don't look at this from a utilitarian manner, it occurs to me that the most devastating thing that they could do is not kill him. It's to pull him off the ballots. You don't need every state. You just need to get him off of enough ballots that no matter what happens, he cannot get 270 votes. So. Let's run through the list. You can pull them off the ballot in Arizona. You can pull them off the ballot in New Mexico. You can pull them off the ballot in maybe Colorado. You can pull them off the ballot in Wisconsin, in Michigan, in Pennsylvania, in Ohio. Or whatever other, like the states I just listed, another set of states that has a roughly similar set of electoral votes. And if you get him off the ballot to the point where he cannot, where like, because you know the blue states are probably going to go blue because they cheat every election. You think he's going to win New York? You think he's going to win California? Naturally, probably not. But if you get him off the ballot in Georgia, get him off the ballot in Michigan, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Wisconsin, Arizona. unless he wins every other state, he can't win. And what are you going to do then? Seriously, if they assassinated him, we could go violently you have, like, the open door at that point, because they drew first blood. I mean, they've drawn long since drawn first blood, if you're really paying attention. But in this particular case, you can just go whole ham. But what do you do if they just pull them off the ballot? Not in every state, just, you know, the ones that went for Joe Biden that had no business going for Joe Biden in 2020. You know, maybe maybe you pull them off the ballot in the state that's got a senator that just had a stroke in his mental and is, in a very literal sense, in a clinical sense, mentally retarded. Up, oh, they're coming for me. Can you hear them? What do you do at that point? I don't think we have an answer for that, because protest is probably not going to work. Now, I'm, I had been of the opinion that America's going to get exactly what she deserves. And God help us. Looks like she's going to get exactly what she deserves. We didn't pay attention to these people. We were willing to write off all of the corruption. All of the corruption. And mind you, I'm not just talking about on the left or on the right. I'm talking about all of the corruption. We knew there was a 2 tier gym. Think about this for a minute. Sandy Berger takes classified documents out, out of a skiff, stuffs them in his pants, throws them in the trash or whatever. They know it. He had to sign in to get the documents. They know he did it. What happens? Nothing. Scooter Libby mentions some chick named Valerie Plame, who he's never really met, doesn't know, doesn't know anything about, he just knows a name. Oh, but she's supposedly a covert agent. She was never a covert agent. He goes to jail. Eric Holder's Justice Department sells guns to cartels. Nothing. Nothing. Obama's IRS goes after Christians, goes after the Tea Party, starts making people's lives a living hell for their political activity. Nothing. Antifa burned down ten cities in the George Floyd riot, in the summer of Floyd. Ferguson, nothing. 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 Grandma walks into the Capitol, walks between the red velvet ropes in the in the entryway, walks away, takes pictures. She's taking selfies with the cops and this, that, and the other, taking pictures of the beautiful artwork and everything. Ah, bro, she's still in jail. That heifer's still in solitary confinement right now. The QAnon shaman, so-called Jacob Chansley, gets escorted around the Capitol by the Capitol Police. They open the freaking door to the well of the Senate for him and let him in. Four years. Four years in prison. They try to burn down St. John's Episcopal Episcopal Church across the street from the White House. Nothing. Hillary Clinton spends five years lamenting the fact that she did not get reelected that she did not get elected it was her turn it was trump stole the elections it was russia nothing they obviously steal an election they obviously do everything that they can they obviously fake the whole thing they obviously falsely impeach him everything everything they throw the book at him he organizes a protest which if you're a long-term listener to this podcast then you heard me say it was a trap Has anybody actually talked? Speaking of January 6th, where's Ray Epps? Where's the commander on the scaffold who is saying, go into the Capitol, go into the Capitol, go into the Capitol? Where's the guy who put the bomb at the RNC and the DNC headquarters? Why don't we know who they are, what their names are, who what, like what their faces look like? Well, actually, I take that. But let me back up. We do know that we do know what their faces look like. But for some strange reason, they just don't show up when you're trying to run their facial ID. Facial recognition software is not operating. Gee, who could that be? <clears throat> for those of you who don't know, there are a few types of people who would have zero facial recognition. And I will tell you right now that if you have a driver's license in the United States of America, if you have a driver's license or a passport in the United States of America, if you have a, if you don't have a driver, a lot of people in New York don't have driver's licenses, but they all have state-issued identification cards and they have a picture on them. If you've had your picture taken, they have your face. They can find you with facial recognition if you have ever gotten your picture taken by any government agency. For any reason whatsoever, they can find you. So if they can't find you, it means your identity is actually a matter of national security. Let me say that again. If facial recognition software cannot find you, despite having access to all of the government databases, all the photographs that have ever been taken to anybody, if they cannot find you, it is because your identity is a matter of national security. Now what does that tell you about the people for whom we have their picture but we don't know who they are. It means their identities are classified. And if their identities are classified if we have these pictures of these guys who were doing these heinous things on January 6th who are actually the ringleaders for the, for the, for the chaos that was January 6th that so-called insurrection if the ringleaders' identities are classified <clears throat> then the whole thing was a trap the start. It is that simple. And that nobody can comprehend. Because that means that there weren't just federal, we're not just talking about undercover FBI agents. We're talking about CIA. We're talking about NSA. We're talking about S-F-O-D-D. We're talking about ridiculously high level. We're talking about the collusion of the United States government, one with another, within, within their own agencies, to make sure that January 6th happened. And what that actually means is that January 6th legitimately was a false flag. A false flag operation conducted by U.S. intelligence. That's what that means. And most people aren't ready to confront that. Most people don't even want to think that. I don't even want to think Like, let's be real for just a minute. I don't want to think it. The problem is... (laughs) Like many people, I've actually been through the ringer. I've been on both sides of the coin. I actually have a prison number. I've got the personal experience to validate what I know to be true, according to my training. What does all this mean? It means the next thing we have to pay attention for is them trying to remove Donald John Trump from the ballot that is actually the next step. Now, if they act if people act fast enough and I'm not convinced that they will, but if they act quickly enough when they try to remove Trump from the ballot, they can get the courts involved and it is very likely that the Supreme Court will take up the case. Not because they're all Trump appointees. That actually doesn't mean as much as you'd like to think. But because every last one of them will know what it means if they just arbitrarily pull Donald Trump off the ballot. If they're allowed to make it so that there's no way he can actually make two hundred and seventy electoral college votes. Now they might not do anything about the ballot harvesting or any of the any of the other nonsense. And I gotta be perfectly honest with you, I don't think they could I don't think they could fake enough ballots to stem the tidal wave that's about to happen in this country. I really don't. But I trust that the Supreme Court will actually act to make sure that the people at least get the illusion of their say. And after that, then they'll kill him. But if they successfully keep him off the ballot, I don't know what I don't know what further recourse the American people actually have. And I think perhaps more importantly for a lot of us, because there are a lot of us, so especially in the Catholic sphere, there are a lot of us who believe that this system is corrupt and it needs to go the way of the dodo. But none of us wanted to go in the go the way of the dodo in the in the way that it's probably gonna go, which would be in the most painful way possible. Levels of torment and torture for people that no one has ever even compre- like even begun to imagine yet, alone contemplate. Because that's where we're headed. is a total unmitigated disaster. Like. Imagine a situation in America where you would actually prefer that we'd all been nuked. That's how bad it can get in this country. That you would prefer to have been nuked out of existence. Lest we forget, sacred scripture says that in those days, the living will envy the dead. And we're not there yet. that's the key thing that's probably the key takeaway we're not there yet we're not to the point where we wish that we were dead now there are many people who do at this point because of the state of their lives and all of that do wish that they are dead and pray for them because suicide is not the answer but sacred scripture says in those days the living will envy the dead and we're not there How much worse can this kit get? A lot. Are we on our way there? I think so. If we do enough penance, we might be able to kick this can down the road a little bit. We might be able to miss the worst of this. If we pray and fast, We might be able to atone, at least in part, so that it doesn't get as bad as it could be. But, all that having been said, I mentioned earlier that I don't make enough money to purchase a house. I don't need a house. I don't. I don't even need to be able to rent an apartment. I don't even need food. I need salvation. More than food, more than shelter, more than water, I need salvation. I need our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I need, <clears throat> I need His body, blood, soul and divinity and the most holy sacrifice of the altar. I need His grace. That's what I need. So all of these other things that are popping off, never forget that. This country is going to descend into chaos one way or another. Okay, cool. I just need Christ. This country is going to degenerate lower than anything it has ever been at. That's okay. My family needs Christ. People are going to murder each other in the streets. The suffering is going to be beyond belief. That's okay. My friends need Christ. And whatever comes, God's will be done. Because we all have one goal salvation. And salvation comes to those who wait on the Lord. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. In nomine patris et filii et spiritus sancti, Amen. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen.